podcast this is episode one of season two even though we did kind of like half a season last year not even less than that uh anyways season two of this podcast and it's been a while i think the last episode we released was like over two months ago we just went on hiatus in the summer i know both uh gordon and i had very busy summers we could not get our schedules to sync up so we just said uh oh, we'll just take a break for the off season <laughs> yeah exactly and i mean there wasn't anything else to really talk about like like we kind of talked about it before the show it's like before mm-hmm. the villeneuve you know elc signing there was like nothing for two months like yeah absolute no signings no trades nothing it's like, it's like we would have just like you know we would have had to like dedicate an episode to each of Jack Eichel's rumored trade destinations. And like, even then this is a least podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. But it's like, that was the only thing going on was like the, Oh, is Jack Eichel going to get traded here? Is Jack Eichel? And like, I don't know. I, I mean, I spent most of the last month or in a bit just completely tuned out. I just, I don't know. This is like one of the first years where I just couldn't, you know dedicate all my friggin free time to like obsessing over hockey for the entire summer i'm gonna be honest with you too like i i'm still not completely over how last season ended Mm. um i know nobody wants to talk about it but like i don't know i've kind of gotten to the point where i'm just like like it got to the point where i saw at some store near my house, they were selling Adidas St. Patrick's jerseys for like 80 bucks. And they were like Adidas, like authentic ones. Jeez. And I was looking at it. I'm like, should I buy one? And it got to the point where I'm just like, no, this team doesn't deserve my money yet. They got to earn me back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't really blame you there, to be honest. I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I, because I'm still subscribed and, and like I listen to a lot of podcasts. Like I think I've kind of told you before. Like I listen to so many Leaf centric podcasts. And like I haven't watched I haven't listened to any of them. I think since like basically the um I, I think the week leading up to the draft slash free agency, I kind of listened to one or two. But yeah. like between then and um the era from basically the end of the playoffs till now. Like I haven't really listened to any leaf centric podcast at all. Just cause I just, I, I mean, I don't know. Like I've been pretty chill about it, you know, and I've been very vocal about being chill about it on this show, but I mean, I just, I don't know. I think yeah. the way I coped was just, you know, not really uh, just kind of checking out, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, it's not ruining my day anymore. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm fine. Yeah. But it's just like, I don't know. I'm just like, Twitter. to me, I'm just like, I'm just like, listen, man. I think we went over this too, like, last season. And like, mm-hmm. obviously, like, our emotions were a lot more raw at that point. So, like, they're probably all over the place. But like, yeah, no, I'm just like, like, can I really be excited for like a great regular season again? Like, I don't know if I if I can be. Yeah, I mean, I definitely can be. I'm I'm kind of pumped to see a couple of the but, players we added. Yes, the, we will go over some of these new additions and like what we think about them. And there is definitely a couple that I got some very strong opinions on that mm. everyone will want to hear me say, because there's one that's really been annoying me, but we'll save that for <laughs> you and <laughs> well, me both. <laughs> we'll save, especially the reaction to this one on Twitter. It's just a little ridiculous, yeah, but just a little bit. we'll get to that one in a, in a little bit, but uh, yeah, anyways, um, Let's talk about ourselves for a little bit. Like, how was how was your summer? What did you get up to? Um, a lot of it was like very like. Well, a lot of the stuff I did was pretty personal. Like, I uh, so I was like addicted to uh to like nicotine and stuff like that for years, like since I was sixteen. Um, and I quit that. And then oh, I started, congratulations! Hey, thank you. That's good. And then uh, the end of August, I decided that I'd start trying to lose some weight, get healthier, you know, that sort of stuff. So I've just been eating a lot healthier in the last month and a bit and just kind of 
going out for walks a little more often than I usually do. I've kind of tapered off the last week or so, but um, yeah, I mean, just in general, I've been trying to be more active and trying to, you know, be more healthy and stuff. That's, that's good stuff, man. Yeah. Thank you. What about you? Nothing like, man, this summer, like I'm so happy because like, we had like about as close to a normal summer as we can get here. I know, mm-hmm. I know, and uh, things in Alberta are a little, still a little up in the air, but yeah. uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, where you are, but here, like, man, I such a felt like such a normal summer. Like, I went to a concert, which I did not think was going to be possible. Yeah, like yeah, I, I saw, this. I saw the Arkells, and when they first came on stage, I. I think I almost started to cry because I was just like, wow, (laughs) I did not think I would be here. I went to a few Blue Jays games. I went to, I went to a a soccer games, like to a couple soccer games. It's just like Like everything. I went to a TFC game and I went to a York United game, which is a team in the Canadian premier league. And yeah, I was playing sports. I was in a volleyball league, beach volleyball. Um, lots of fun. If you ever have the chance to join a beach volleyball league, do it. Um, yeah, yeah. played some, played in a softball league, and now, oh, I'm playing. I just started um, last week playing hockey for the first time since I was about what. Uh, 15 years old, probably. I'm 23 now, so eight years. Yeah, the, let's say the first game was a struggle. <laughs> yeah. My first game I, in full equipment in eight years. Yeah, I mean, I, I've thought about, like, trying to, like, get back, get your, get into it, I guess, more. But, yeah, no, I, I couldn't imagine being off it for eight years because I'm even, like, I would not really want to, you know, get fully into it. Like, the most I've, yeah. I'm willing to go is, like, ball hockey. Well, like I've, or whatever. I've been like going to like, like I, I, in between the eight years I was going mm-hmm. like to like recreational shinny at like my local community center whenever I could oh. or like, or like just like outdoor ranks with my buddies. But like, yeah, like putting on full equipment, it makes mm-hmm. such a difference. Like when I was just like skating around, just like my skates, gloves and a helmet, I was like keeping up with people who like used to play like triple a and stuff and i'm like oh shit i'm not that bad maybe i'm so put on equipment a completely different story <laughs> like you don't realize how heavy that shit you don't remember how heavy that stuff is man <laughs> yeah dang i mean it didn't seem to stop you from winning a nice face off so oh yes i was <laughs> fun story that was like i played defense my whole life playing hockey so now that i'm in a men's league i'm like fuck it i'm gonna try forward yeah and they just told me, Joey, get on the dot. I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here's my first ever face off that I've ever taken. And I won it so cleanly. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually like, like, like I, I, I know that kind of came across like joking, but like, yeah, no, I was being serious. Like, yeah, that was actually a really <laughs> nice face off one. Yeah. And don't know where that came from, but um, yeah, uh, I guess we could get into the off season. I know Gordon in front of you, you got, a bunch of stuff that you want to hit on. So uh, let's go with it. Uh, Give it to me. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like we have to start off in like some sort of chronological order. (laughs) So (laughs) let's talk about, I guess the first trade the Leafs made in the off season. Um, They sent Philip Hollander and a seventh round pick for Jared McCann. Um, Now I know that there was a lot of discourse about whether it was smart and basically like Jared McCann was acquired for, expansion draft fodder mm-hmm. um and like there was i think a list that was brought out i don't remember exactly who made the list but said that losing jared mccann was the leafs worst choice in the offseason or for our worst like decision in the offseason um have any of your thoughts kind of changed at all like i guess what are your thoughts on them uh basically trading for jared mccann to then use him as expansion draft fodder we may or may not have talked about this last season. I can't remember if we did on the podcast, yeah, but I we'll get back into either. it. Uh, <laughs> but we'll get back into it. Um, I don't know if you saw the video that the Leafs put out on their YouTube page like earlier. I think it was yesterday or like it might have been yesterday or the day before. It's like one mm, of those behind yeah. the scenes like blueprints. Yeah, I do remember this. Yeah. And it kind of went over the off season and like the first few days of training camp. Wait, did you watch the full blueprint or did you just watch like the 30 second or like no, a minute? No, it was uh, it was like an 11 minute video or something on YouTube. It just got posted like yesterday or the day before. 
Oh yeah, I just saw the Twitter clip. I just saw like the minute you know teaser sort yeah. of Twitter clip. All right. Anyway, sorry. Go Anyways, on. yeah. So and then they actually showed like the discourse that the that like Shanahan and Dubis and like all their staff was having with that trade, and that actually they it actually worked out perfectly to like what they planned. What they said yeah. was essentially what we're doing here is the plan is to trade Hollander to keep Kerfoot. Yeah. And yeah, that's exactly what, what ended up happening. And when you look at it like that, that's a win. Yeah. Like, I yeah, know that, like, I know that Kerfoot is like a bit of a polarizing figure, especially on like Leafs Twitter, but like, he's somebody that I think is like super valuable to like the bottom six of this team. Like you and I have talked about it in group chats and stuff. Like you can't keep on like restructuring the bottom six every like one or two years. Like, yeah. like you want to like have some like guys who can like, actually play a role on this team and like for like a few years to come and like Kerfoot's like your prototypical like third line center he's like not a liability on any side of the ice he's pretty mm-hmm. good defensively he can create offense he can drive a line if he has to yeah. and like I feel like he was like a valuable player to keep and I think he's definitely the better player when it comes when you're comparing like McCann or Kerfoot I think Kerfoot can bring a lot more to a bottom six than McCann can then yeah. McCann can. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree. And and then the thing too with Kerfoot is like he is the like like because a lot of people you know say oh this guy can play up and down in your lineup he can do blah blah he blah. He can play like, on the wing. Like that's which he yeah. looks like. I don't think people realize like nobody talks about enough how good he is with like Tavares when he plays on Tavares's wing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, him like as a top six like left winger is like that's a pretty solid player, you know like. <sighs> That's a player that I think over the course of like a full 82 games could, you know, hit like the 40 some point mark, you know, you still haven't seen him play a full season with the Leafs. Yeah. So like, who knows? Like, like we still have, like, there's a lot of untapped potential there when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And like, that's, I don't know. That's the one thing for me with Kerfoot is because I've been a pretty big, you know, Kerfoot, I guess, defender um, is, you know, yeah, he, like you said, he can play, you know, penalty kill. He can, you know, he has some offensive game to him as well. You know, he can kind of play up and down the lineup. He can literally play like any position. He's a feisty one too. Yeah, exactly. And and I mean, overall, like like what we've seen is we've seen a player that's you know about thirty five ish point pace. But it's like we also have to keep in mind that that's you know that same player one like we were just in a shortened season and like you said he hasn't played a full year and before that the year before that he was like he had his jaw broken and he was like drinking from a straw is how he was getting his nutrients every day like he just was mm-hmm. like and he lost a ton of weight and stuff and so that's why he looked kind of bad in his first year and so it's like I'm kind of excited to see how he can play, you know, in the Leafs, say, top six or whatever. Like, say, you know, you have him on the left wing with Tavares and Nylander. I think um, he'll be the third line center. But, like, oh, even in so? that role, like, I think he's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I I mean, he could do either one, really. Yeah. Uh, I'm not picky. Like, he can go anywhere in, like, the middle six, and it, he'll, he'll do his job. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, overall, I guess we pretty much agree that like that trade was was pretty valuable. And like, also, I want to point out like the effect that like the Leafs have is just like astonishing. Like any player we leave, any player that like we trade, suddenly like the rest of the hockey community thinks that like is all of a sudden going to be a star just because yeah. of like the Leafs effect. I call it. Like I remember yeah. after the expansion draft, reading an article from. Um, what are they call from Bleacher Report, which is yeah. like whatever Bleacher Report. So it's just like, <laughs> yeah. but like, it, it was somebody like reacting to like all like of Seattle's expansion picks, and they said that that Jared McCann was by far their best pick, and he's one and he's somebody that you can build a very good team around. I'm like, <laughs> fuck, I'm like Jared McCann, a career third liner, someone you can build a very good team around. What? <laughs> yeah. I don't, it's I, literally because he had one good year this year like at like 26 or however old he is yeah like, like he's not even that young like yeah it would if he was like 21 or something i guess there's an argument there but even then it'd be a little questionable yeah yeah he's literally 25 and this year he had 32 points in 43 games but this is like also a player that's literally been below half a point a game or around half a point a game 
his entire career before. Like, like, he's a fine bottom six player. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But someone to, if you're building your team around Jared McCann, you've got a lot of issues. Oh yeah. You got a lot of holes to fill. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually looking at it and it's like, literally the only reason why I think he's highly regarded is because of his time in Pittsburgh. He had 17 points in 32 games and then to 35 and 66. And then it, which is, you know, those are all really good years, but you know, like the 35 and 66 isn't flawless. And then this year at 32 and 43, like, I don't know. Like, like he's a below how to judge like last season of his career. Yeah, I know me neither. That's why it's like, I feel like in five years we'll be able to look and like, we'll definitely, well, I mean, definitely by then we'll be able to tell like, Oh, was that year just kind of an anomaly? Like, well, like you you played the same teams like over and over again. And it's just like, like, I don't know how well you can really like judge how, I don't know how you can judge how well a player has played when he played the same, like seven teams all season long or however many it was. Yeah, I know. That's kind of the one thing, like, uh, and, and I mean, this isn't Leafs, so I guess we'll just be very quick about this, or I'll be very quick about this, but, like, the, the Minnesota Wild recently um, re-signed Kirill Kaprizov to, like, $9 million, and it's, like, he was, like, below a point per game. He, like, he played against, like, the same teams all year. Like, are we really, like, are you really going to dedicate $9 million to this guy? One like, thing I don't I'll know. Say... That's a little rich. Like... <laughs> One thing I'll say about that is that Kaprizov made the Minnesota Wild watchable, which is a sentence I never thought I'd ever be saying in my entire <laughs> life. Yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm a huge like Kirill Kaprizov like fanboy, but like I don't know. I mean, I- I'm just kind of saying, you know, like I feel we, like that's like, the price they had to pay to lure him away from Russia. Yeah, I, I mean that's fair, but I don't know. I wonder how that's going to age. Like, that's the thing. It, like, I think it'll be fine. Like I'm like, I'm saying, like, I'm not saying, you know, this guy's going to fall off cliff and be like 45 point player, but like, I don't know. I don't how know. Minnesota I, would I'm that little, be though? <laughs> that would, that would be hilarious actually. <laughs> All right. Jesus. Let's move on to the next order okay. of business. Uh, Gordon. All right. So are we going to go by signings or. Um, transaction. I don't know. However, however you feel. Okay, yeah, because we didn't make a whole lot of trades. Mm-hmm. Um, and I doubt either of us have really big thoughts on Brendan Manel. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I can't tell you much about him. All right, well, so the Leafs made, like, on the first day of free agency, they made, like, I, I mean, they had a couple big signings, but, like, it was a lot of depth, you know, like Mike Amadio, Alex Biega, Carl Dahlstrom, um, and then obviously the man, the myth, the legend, Curtis Gabriel. <laughs> I don't know if you want to talk about him now. Um, that or... Do you want to do it now or later? Do you want to get on that topic? Mm, you know what? Yeah. You know what? Maybe we'll do it later. Maybe we'll do it later. All right. Um, all right, all right. We'll hold off on that. That's a little teaser. Yeah. And so, so there's that, like those guys, you know, the depth guys, I'd say um, borderline NHLers. Just like, and yeah, then... I, I feel like the Leafs really wanted to like, this off season as, as like a whole, just a, hmm. I think they really wanted to like secure that depth because like everybody, we all thought last season Leafs had really good depth until hmm. John Tavares went down in the playoffs. And then we're like, Oh yeah. shit. Like that's, we don't got much now. Yeah. Yeah. Really. They really, it really just showed, you know, like that they have a top six or like four players or five players. And like, that was it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was really rough, but like you had like players like Pierre Engvall, for example, who are good at some things, who are valuable players in some areas of the mm-hmm. game, yeah. but just couldn't like put pucks in the back of the net. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, even like someone like Alex Galchenyuk, right? Who like everyone, you know, there was much was made about, you know, his revival or whatever with the Leafs. And then like cost us know, a game. Like, yeah. 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 You just kind of saw the disparity of like, I mean, William Nylander is a really good player and you saw how good he was, but it's like William Nylander on his own, you know, he was able to lift them up for sure. Like that was the best line, but it's like, they like William Nylander was like not the centerpiece, you know? So like if William Nylander is your best player every night, like you're kind of risking, you know, like not making it out of the first round, if that makes sense, you know? I love William Nylander, one mm, of my favorite Leafs. One of my favorite Leafs, but if you want this team to do well, he should be no better than the third best player on the ice on the team. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. Because you 100% need Matthews to be playing better than him. And you 100% need Marner to be playing better than him. And it was, that was not the case for a lot of those of that series. Yeah, exactly. It was just, yeah, I don't know. It was, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways. <laughs> um, so yeah. So then the Leafs also that same day um, got Peter Morazic, David Kampf and Michael Bunting. Those are the big names of the the first day of free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to start with about, the, in that group. I'll start off with Michael Bunting. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a player that I think Leafs Twitter kind of like <laughs> spoke the signing into existence. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. It was back in like February and they were saying like, they got to sign Michael Bunting and I'll be completely honest with you. I didn't know anything about him until like Leafs Twitter was campaigning for him. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like, who the hell is this guy? And they scored a hat trick and I was like, okay, not bad. But like, yeah, last year put up, he only played, he only has 26 career NHL games. Yeah. So like his numbers look like pretty good, but it's such a small sample size, which is why I was like a little like, why is everybody like so high on this guy? Like he can look good, but 26 games and you already are penciling him, penciling him in on the top yeah. line. I'm going to say, I don't know if I agree with that, but I feel like, I feel like he's, it's still going to be a pretty good signing. Like, I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts? literally exactly the same because I'm just uh, it's like I really like Michael Bunting you know like he seems good and you know I saw him in the preseason game I don't think you watched it but he was good like he looked good um uh, I was watching yeah yeah, I did not watch much of that you watched the Jays right oh yeah I'm watching the Blue Jays playoff race baby But yeah, Michael Bunting is like, I, I mean, he's good, but like people are like acting like he is literally going to be Zach Hyman or like, you know, yeah, like you said, penciling him to the top line. I'm, you know, I really want people to pump the brakes on this guy because I mean, like he's probably going to be fine. I hope he's really good, but like, yeah, you know, he's what, 26, 27, hasn't really, you know, even before this year, like, even before last year, like hadn't really, um, I guess I kind of solidified an NHL role up to that point on the Arizona Coyotes. 13 13 points in 21 games on a terrible Coyotes team is not bad at all. Yeah. But I'm not ready to pencil him in, like pencil him into that top line just yet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, yeah, he just, up until that year, like he hadn't really shown that he was an NHL, you know, level player. So I'm, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I, I cautiously optimistic, I guess, is like the best way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, who were the other names you said? Peter Mirazik. Yeah, Peter Mirazik. That's like the next big name. Um, I don't know if we talked about this last season or not, I am, but on Twitter for sure. Mm-hmm. Peter Mrazek was a player I was campaigning for yeah. um, because we saw like the emergence of Jack Campbell and how he can like, he's like a legitimate NHL goalie, like, like yeah. a, a legitimately good one at that. But like you saw that he does uh, struggle with staying healthy. So the fact that mm-hmm. they can get someone like Peter Mrazek to take off a load and be like, also like an established like NHL goalie, like, especially be like a very good one at that too. Like, it's just like, I think this is like the perfect like goaltending situation for the Leafs and like what they're yeah. trying to do. Yeah, exactly. It's such a good tandem. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like their combined salaries make up, I think, a little bit more than what Freddie Anderson was making last year. You don't so. want to be spending like too much money on goaltending. Like, yeah. Look at the roster that the Montreal Canadiens have to put together because they have how much money on goaltending? Like 20, like 15 million a year or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Literally, like it's insane. And, and like they had to spend, yeah, they had to get like a four or five million dollar goalie because they're ten and a half million dollar goalie, you know. What is that? Like twelve percent of their like salary cap is like I'm not good at math. I'm just guessing here. Yeah. Like twelve percent of their salary cap is like spent on two goalies. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't know. Like, I I feel like maybe like we'll have a chance to like just slowly chip away at this, but like all the people who like crap, you know, all over the Leafs cap situations, it's like, 
thank God we don't have something like that. You know, we don't have a Sergei Bobrovsky, a Carey Price, which I mean, Carey Price is good. Not not saying they're equal, you know, but. Carey Price is good in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, Carey Price is going to like hold his head above water at like the NHL, but 10, like over $10 million is not, he's not worth that at all. He was worth uh, over $10 million a few years before he signed that $10 million a year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, literally. Yeah, like 2013, 2014. Oh, 100%. He would have been worth 10 and a half, but no, not anymore. And yeah. that's, yeah, I mean, I mean, that contract's going for what, another six years or something like that? Like, it's not aging too well. Yeah. Yeah. It's not aging anyways, well at all. And, yeah, anyways, anyways. Peter Morazic. That's who we're talking about. Yeah. He's really good. I really like it. He's, uh, yeah, he's going to be a really good, you know, 1A, 1B situation there. I'm really pumped for it. Um, I don't know. It, it feels like, you know, now for once and, you know, cause our entire childhoods, right. We, we were always hoping for that, you know, that really solid um, starting goaltender. I mean, James Reimer was really good, but you know, he had a shaky moments and had injury issues and stuff. Um, yeah. And we got that finally in Freddie Anderson and then he fell off. And then now we finally get really, and then like throughout the Freddie Anderson um, tenure, we had no backup goaltender. It was only Freddie Anderson, mm-hmm. and then uh, finally we'll have. You two saw how much goalies, how much that contributed to his like fall too. Yeah, like, not like just being overworked and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I don't know. It's really good now to finally be at this point where there's like not only one but like two really good goalies that are like could play in the net either night. It's gonna be really nice to finally have you know that I guess kind of sense of comfort. Hopefully, because um, I mean we haven't seen Morazic play yet, but I'm really optimistic that like this could be a really good goaltending tandem. Um, do you remember back in like 2013 when we just got eliminated by the Bruins? And like I remember one of the big conversations on Twitter. I don't know if you were on Twitter at that time, no. but like one of the big things on Twitter was, oh my God, look at this goalie tandem we have with Ben Scrivens and James Reimer. <laughs> They're both and, and spending under $4 million on it. Look at that. Like this is going to be our tandem of the future. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then Leafs management was like, nah, let's, uh, let's go and get Jonathan Bernie. I don't think Bernie was that bad though. He wasn't that bad, but I mean, he they like they threw they threw uh, Reimer under the bus, which was the big issue. Yeah, for me at least. I mean, Bernie is actually doing really well now. Like, he was actually someone where I was like, I I think I talked about this with you. I was like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be that upset if the Leafs signed Bernier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they brought him in as like you know a one A one B situation with Campbell, that'd be really nice, or that would have been really nice. <laughs> yeah. He's like, fuck, he put on like really good numbers with Detroit and Detroit was awful. Yeah. Oh man. It's almost like, it's almost similar to uh, like Curtis McElhaney in a way, right? Like as he aged, he just got better and better. Yeah. Speaking of which he just retired. So uh, yeah. Congratulations on a pretty solid backup career. Yeah. Two Stanley Cup rings. (laughs) Yeah. Good good (laughs) way to go out. (laughs) Man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Anyways, uh, there was a third player signed oh, on that yeah. day. David Kampf. Oh, um, I know that in the section of Leafs Twitter that we are on, this was a very polarizing move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll let you start with this one. Um, well, <laughs> so there was like, so Jack Hahn, uh, Jack Hahn is that his name? I think I think yeah. that's how you pronounce it, right? Yeah, Jack mm-hmm. Hahn. He uh he he wrote that article of uh, oh is David Comp the next Philip Deneau? and it got everyone to be like insanely high on this guy for some reason. Mm-hmm. Man, I I don't know. I'm I'm still not in love with it. Like one and a half million dollars for a a guy who has zero offensive talent whatsoever, and you know is purely a shutdown guy to it's be like, like Riley Nash two point oh. Yeah, yeah, literally. And they paid him $1.5 million. Like, I don't know. It, it just felt like they could have gotten, you know, another guy to play what's probably going to be, what, fourth-line center or something? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I know I have heard some people say, you know, David Kampf could be the uh, part of a third-line shutdown line, but I don't know. I'm I'm not that optimistic about it. I think he's fine, but I, I feel like they could have allocated the $1.5 million a little better. 
Um, yeah, I do kind of agree with that. Like, because what's the what's the minimum? Is it seven fifty or eight hundred? Uh, yeah, seven fifty. So like, yeah, they could have gotten maybe like if they could have found like two other players who could have been of like had some offensive upside at like seven hundred and fifty thousand instead of just him. But like, I also don't think this is gonna make or break like the salary cap or the team or anything. Like, it's just mm-hmm. a depth piece that they did probably overpay for, but you don't know what goes on behind the scenes, right? Like you don't know yeah. if there was like a bidding war for, for David Kampf, which is pretty funny to think about. Um, <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't think it, I, I think if you have strong opinions on David Kampf going one way or another, you need to like go and touch some grass or something, but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree. Like, like to some extent, like, like I do. Like, I don't really have strong opinions, but it's just like mm-hmm. I'm just not excited. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not saying you, you do. Oh, okay. I'm just. I'm just saying, like, like the based on some of the reaction I saw. I'm gonna be honest with you too. I didn't really see all the reactions and stuff for like these signings because I was at a cottage during free agency, and I was just like, I'm gonna turn off my phone and just enjoy this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely get that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like. Yeah, like I don't know. It's just it's 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 just whatever. Like not the greatest thing ever, but nothing to like ruin my day over. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And funny enough that you do mention Riley Nash, he uh he did sign for seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Mm. So if you're gonna mean, get a shutdown guy, you probably could have just got him for like yeah for that much if you really wanted your shutdown guy. Yeah, and I mean that's kind of what I think too. It's like mm-hmm. I, I mean, at the time, I, I did kind of think like, oh, you know, he might be young, but it, but it's like David Kampf, he, he played a few years, I think, in the Czech League or whatever. Like, he's 26, you know? Like, mm-hmm. he's not... So, like, what he is likely is what he is, you know? Like, he's a player who's his career high in 63 games is You can't really points. say there's, like, untapped potential there at this point in his career. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like this guy's a... You know, he might hit about 20 points, maybe. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not like overly optimistic about it. I'm not like, you know, sitting here like screaming, like, why didn't we sign this player? Because his RAPM chart is slightly better than this, than his. Yeah. You know, like I'm not screaming about it, but I'm kind of like, I don't yeah, think it's... our, I think RAPM charts are a very useful tool. I don't think mm. that they should be people's Bible, like what you yeah. see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. People use it to like dunk on like, like, oh yeah, he's really good. Boom. It's like, it's kind of funny in some ways though, with like someone like Seth Jones where like the mainstream perception of him is that he's like a legitimate, like top pairing guy or like top four guy or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and this RAPM chart yeah, is like all very just much tanked not. in the red. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. There's people just see a defenseman who can like, stick handle and think that they're really good yeah, yeah and plays like 25 minutes a night like mm-hmm. oh he eats up minutes yeah but how is he playing those minutes it doesn't matter he eats them up yeah okay. yeah <laughs> okay like a very quick like that's like the sort of thing too that people uh and this is the one thing that people brought up about david Kampf, is they're like yeah he's a good pk and it's like no he just plays pk like we don't yeah like like you're sitting here random you know Mike Richards, six four, six four. Like, like you're telling me that this guy, like, like you know that he's like, like you're, you know, a PK specialist. Like, you can tell mm-hmm. me that this guy is a really good PKer. Like, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyways, and it is, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> um, all right. Uh, let's see what's our next order of business. <laughs> um, so there was a couple depth signings like throughout the next few days, but the big guys, I guess, that we'll just touch on quickly are Andre Kasha and Nick Ritchie. Okay, I've got some things to say. Okay, Andre Kasha, love that signing. Mm-hmm, me too. Absolutely love it. I think that's like the perfect guy the Leafs need to go for, especially if they want to get more scoring up and down their lineup. Mm-hmm. Kasha's like that guy. They got him for, what was the number they got him for? One year at $1.25 million. Perfect. I think that's like... I don't think that's really much of an overpay considering like that he yeah. he's shown that he can be like a 20-goal scorer in the NHL. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, he's like, mm-hmm. he's amazing. Sorry. The on. only question mark with him is, um, it's like if he could stay healthy. But like, if he can stay healthy, you're mm-hmm. looking at you're looking at twenty goals 
Like the last, like the most games he played in the season was 66, which yes, it's not 82, but and he's got he got 38 points that year. And like if he's yeah. gonna play on like the third line, even if he's like on John Tavares's wing or whatever, like that <laughs> that that oh, like man. if you get around 40 points, I think I think that's yeah. exactly what you're gonna like what you want to expect out of him. Yeah, and, exactly. And like he he has like a much higher ceiling than that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I like, think so. Yeah, so like what if he can play a full 82 games that's like on pace for like around 50-ish points, that's like a, that that would be that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like and you can get that for one and a quarter million dollars like I mean, I mean, that's just so good. Like, he has a lot of a lot offensive of the, upside too. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of the advanced stats guys kind of really like him because he kind of has like really high play driving numbers. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard now with like the small sample sizes in the last few years, but like from you know when his larger sample sizes, like he had really good play driving numbers. So it's like you could throw him, you know, like on that third line as the winger, like you said, or on Tavares's wing, and it'd be like Nylander and Kasha on Tavares's wing would be like amazing. Oh my god! There's so much offensive upside on that line. Mm-hmm. Even if you put him down in the lineup, and like if you want to like balance it out more, get more like offense going, like on all four lines. Yeah, like I can even see him working with like on a line. Like I know Jason Spezza doesn't play center anymore, but like if them two were like on a wing. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that'd be really nice. You could like Kerfoot, Spezza, Kasha, or like Mikheyev even Kerfoot, Kasha. Yeah, like I yeah. feel like that's a line that like he, he's someone like Kerfoot in the sense that like you can there's a lot of spots in the lineup where you can put him. You can probably put him like anywhere on all four lines. Yeah. And it'll work. Yeah, I mean he's only making the you know one and a quarter, right? So it's exactly like, if you're pl- if you put him on down the fourth line, you know, for a few games to get them going or whatever, that's mm-hmm. you know. It's really useful if he can stay healthy, even if he plays like 75 games or something like that's mm-hmm. uh, like you're winning that contract. Yeah. Oh, 100 mm-hmm. percent. And then his former teammate in Anaheim, well, now current teammate in Toronto, um, Nick Ritchie. Um, this was also signed when I was at the cottage, so I didn't see like a lot of the immediate like reaction to it. Yeah. But like. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are way too high on, on Nick Ritchie. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I definitely see what you mean. I mean, they signed him for like two or two years by two and a half. And I mean, like, mm-hmm. it's not bad. Like, like I'm personally, you know, like, like he should be around where probably about 30 points ish, roughly 30, mm-hmm. 30, 35 points. Maybe. I don't know. Like I, I think he's solid. You know, I, I think he could be a solid middle six winger, but I don't know. I wouldn't I put him in the middle. I think he's like, I think he's a bottom six guy. Oh, really? I don't know. Like, I just don't like the way that I want like, the Leafs to be built is like, I want their, like, if you're going to have like Matthews, Marner, Tavares, and Nylander in your top six, I want people who can bring just as much offense with them. Yeah. Like, like that's why I'd like Kasha there in the top six somewhere. I'd like Josh Hosang, who we talk about later, if he can make the team, I'd like mm-hmm. to see him on the top six. Like, I want people who can like help contribute to that. Like I, like I do. He's not as good as Zach Hyman to the point where I can be like, where I can be like, yeah, put him on Matthew's wing with Marner and he can just be your yeah. banging crash guy. But like, I just don't see it working as well as it did with like Zach Hyman. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And and I mean, the one thing too, that, you know, you do have to kind of bring up is like his penalties like are pretty high. Um, Even if you just look at his penalty minutes, but like, I I know his penalty differential is pretty high as well. I remember I went to a Leafs game. It was like one of the first home games Jake Muzzin played Mm -hmm. and it was against the, it was, it was against the ducks. It was that, it was that one where he's got the slap shot and like hit Perry over the boards. Oh so like, shit! Yeah, it was that game. Yeah, I think I know which one you're talking about. And I just remember, like, he took like three penalties that game or something, and they're all just very stupid penalties. <laughs> <laughs> 
like oh, just yeah. like retaliating after like or like after the whistle stuff and it's just like what are you doing and then like the leaf scored on one of those penalties that he took mm. so it was like it was like i don't know like i'm not a fan of players like that who just take these dumb penalties like they are like don't do anything like, it's just they just hurt the team and like if he's gonna be that yeah. kind of player if he's gonna be taking a lot of these dumb penalties and like i won't want to see him i don't want to see him in the lineup yeah and, and, and i mean that's fair right because it's like if he's one of those players like that he's coming around you know scoring 30 35 points and then also you know taking in like you know just putting the team down at a disadvantage it's like why are you why are you here like like what's mm-hmm. the point of you being in the lineup you know if you're just going to be mediocre you know mm-hmm. offensively and then just be a goon basically yeah like in his last in the last full season he had like almost 100 penalty minutes yeah. That's terrible. You don't want that. Probably no. Yeah. Yeah. Almost almost 100 penalty minutes. Like, you, like, I don't want somebody who's going to be putting the team at a disadvantage that much. And, like, is it worth it for, like, the 30 to 40 points that he'll put up? I don't even think. He's never even hit 40 points in a season. Yeah. So. Yeah. The, the only thing I will say, to be fair, is that, like, he's only had, like, two seasons where he's had over 75 games. Yeah. And I mean, both of, both of those years, right, he was like under 30 points. So it's yeah. like, yeah, I mean, the it's ceiling's kinda, not very high. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely like kind of, you know, in the 30 to 40 point range at best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm just like, it's, it's, I don't hate the signing, but I also like don't love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I definitely see what you mean. Personally, mm-hmm. like, I think like I'm probably maybe even, I guess, a little bit higher on him than you are, but like, not by much. Like I, I don't know. I don't hate it, but yeah, it's not the best. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. Um, yeah, I guess after that, like all there is really is the PTOs. Um, Josh Hosang and Nikita Gusev. I love the Josh Hosang one. Yeah, me too. I think he has such a high ceiling. Like I was saying in a in a group chat that we're in that like like they're having like they're talking like really highly about like Nick Ritchie, and I was like, I think like uh, like one hundred percent like you can't convince me otherwise that like Josh Holsang has the much higher ceiling than Nick Ritchie does. I think like I I do think that he's going to make the team, and I do think he's going to make much more of an impact than Nick Ritchie will. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I could see it. Like the thing too is like he played uh he played in the the preseason game yesterday and like he was like pretty good. Like he wasn't anything, you know, he wasn't amazing, but he was like he definitely looked like a solid NHLer. Like I remember watching him like at least a handful of times, and it's just like the skill is there, the speed is there, you know, mm-hmm. like he is very much like an NHL player, and it's like there's no way, you know, that he's just this and and you saw him in the interviews, right? And it's like it's like there's no way this guy is, you know, just some, you know, some bum, some bum, you know, crap locker room cancer guy. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm definitely right there with you. I I think he has a really good ceiling, and I think you know if he could play, if he can find himself in the top six on the Leafs, like it could be. Huge. I think he will be if he makes the team. I think. I think you're putting him at a disadvantage and you won't be getting as much as you could out of him if you put him in the bottom six. Like, yeah. I could see him on a line with on Tavares' wing with Nylander on yeah. the other side. Or like even if you want to put him with Matthews and Marner, that would be a very offensive line. Like that line would be so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And like he like, yeah, like I did watch highlights of the preseason game and like one thing I noticed is that, like, when he was on the ice, he was, like, making things happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, he was he's really super good. skilled, has such a high ceiling offensively. And, like, I think he's someone who is going to come in and, like, make a pretty good impact for this team in, in the top six. Yeah. Yeah, this is like the only time, really, where there's been, like, a PTO that I'm like, yeah, this guy's making it. Like, he has to. Like The second they signed no that PTO, I was like, oh, he's making the team. Yeah. Like, I feel like, yeah, like, I can't remember if I said this already or not, but he's like an improvement of, of Galchenyuk. I think he has mm-hmm. a much higher ceiling than Galchenyuk does. He's younger too. If I'm, yeah, he is. He's drafted in the McDavid year. Yeah. Yeah. And like, he's 25. And like, we, yeah. we, we really liked a lot of people, including myself, really liked how Galchenyuk looked on Tavares mm-hmm. and, and Nylander's line. And I think, 
someone like Josh Hosang is better, more skilled, can drive play better, even though he doesn't have to. He still can on that line. He still can. And uh, this, the ceiling is a lot higher than what Galchenyuk can bring. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, for me, like, I wonder if, like, yeah, if you could put, like, you know, Kasha on Tavares and Nylander's wing or, like, him or him or Josh Hosang, right? And, like, you mm-hmm. just kind of have them in, like, the middle six sort of, like, alternating. You can, on, even, like, put one on, you can even put one with Matthews and, and Marner and one with, with Tavares and Nylander. And both yeah. of them, I think, will look very good in either situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? And, like, see, I was thinking, like, something like that, but in a scenario where, like, you know, like, they're having issues trying to get offense going, like, almost like last, like, in the playoffs, right? Like, I feel like a lot of their uh, – I don't think I went into it yet, really, but, like, I do feel like a lot of their signing stuff kind of put them in that advantageous position where it's, like, if there is, you know, ever a time where – Matthews and Marner are struggling, you know, you can throw in different players in the mix there, but you can also throw on different lines that like can move, you know, play can drive possession and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, with guys like Richie Kasha, um, players like that. There's a lot of possibilities with like a lot of these players that they sign, which is very, very promising and very exciting. Like I'm interested to see how like the roles that are given to like Josh Hosang because I'm predicting he makes the team and, yeah, and, and Andre Kasha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, me too. Mm-hmm. I'm not really all that optimistic. Like, like I feel like we're probably both in like, sort of the same camp. Like I'm not all that optimistic about Nikita Gusev. I, I'm not too confident about it, but I'm also like kind of interested to see how it pans out, like to see what the Leafs can get anything out of him. If they can get anything out of him. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd be interested in like giving him, you know, like a $750,000 deal, but it's like, I don't think, you know, it's so weird to go to Russia and make more. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, he was so good out in Russia. Like he came here, you know, 44.66 games in 1920. Mm -hmm. And then the next year, five points in 20 games with the devils, five points in 11 games, the Panthers. It's like, I don't know what happened there. You know, he went from literally 82 it's, points in 62 it's games. It's weird with because the, it's like in Petersburg. It's like this is an immensely skilled player that, like, mm-hmm. you know, has those skills. And it's just like, I don't know what it is. He just can't get it out at the NHL level. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like when he came over, like, or, or when he was out in Russia, people were talking about him, like, this is the best player outside the NHL and stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, he just kind of fell off a cliff like i don't know what it is though it's just like it's like you can't put your finger on it because it's like i remember like a couple years ago i drafted him in my fantasy in my Mm -hmm. fantasy team and people were like oh wow that's such a good pick yeah just did nothing yeah yeah literally yeah last i mean not last year his first year like 44.66 games it seemed kind of promising but it's like Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a transition year up. kind of thing between like KHL and NHL. Yeah, yeah, like exactly like, right. Like over, I think over eighty-two games, it's like fifty points, isn't that? Like, yeah, not great at math, but like, yeah. So I think it's somewhere around like fifty point range. So it's like he could be, you know, legitimately like he could have been like a legitimately solid player, but he just followed it up with nothing. Like he was also on New Jersey, which was a pretty bad team. Yeah, that's true. But. Then he went to Florida, who was actually good last year. Yeah, and at five points in 11 games, like, mm-hmm. you know, in the you contrast that with, like, Sam Bennett. Yeah. It was, like, point per game in, like, 15 or 20 games or whatever. And then he got a huge contract out of that, which is just, yeah. like, how many dumb contracts are Florida going to sign? Yeah, yeah, I know. They got a – they're a little too, you know, trigger-happy with some of their deals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do you want to get into the Curtis Gabriel discourse? Yeah, actually. All right. I would love to. Um, I don't know. I'll let you begin. Um, I'll piggyback off of you. He is not making the leaps. <laughs> like, can we please just stop with that? Cool but, it. Like, oh my Me's God. Twitter. Cool it. Okay. Yeah. You didn't see it. Okay. But he literally, when I'm saying this guy, took the puck into the offensive zone, fumbled the, like he literally looked like a beer leaker. Like he just, he had no talent whatsoever. He fumbled the puck big time. He tried to do some sort of move, massively screwed it up. And then like, you know, it caused a turnover or whatever. And then he had throws one big hit. And this is like his first two or three shifts. Like 
he throws like one big hit and everyone's like, oh my goodness, he's such a good player. He's making the Leafs. It's like, what? Like this guy, like he has no offensive skill whatsoever, you know, but then they he's got no defensive skill. He's, he's yeah. just a hickober. Yeah, literally. Like he, I genuinely would rather um, Scott Sabrin. I think Scott Sabrin is a better hockey player. I legitimately yeah. think so than Curtis Gabriel. Like, here's yeah, the thing, too. though. Like, like, I I think Curtis Gabriel is, like, different from, like, your typical hockey player. Like, he's, mm-hmm. like, like he seems like a really cool guy to hang Like, I'd hang out with him. He seems like a really yeah. cool guy. Seems like, like, he's someone who's, like, stands up for, like, for, like, LGBTQ rights in the sport and all that. And, like, and, like, and, like, very, like, anti-racism and all that. Like, it's mm-hmm. all great things. Like, I don't want my criticisms of him to, like, reach over into that. Like, just I'm yeah, talking s- strictly about his on-ice play. There's no way he's going to make the Maple Leafs. And if you think so, it's just, like, I don't know what to tell you. It's just, I I would bet all that I have on him not making the team. That's how confident yeah. I am. Yeah, he's literally a player that, like, you bring up on game, like, 47 when the Leafs are, you know, kind of in a rough patch and like, you know, they just kind of, they just kind of seem flat every night or like not every night, but, you know, but they're starting to kind of get, you know, little lulls Mm -hmm. and stuff, you know, you know, in the dog days of the hockey season, it's like, you know, you throw them out there, have them hit a couple guys, you know, get the crowd into it, you know, get the guys pumped up and stuff. Like you do shit like that. Like this guy's not a guy you put in, you know, opening night to, you know, to showcase, right? Like, I don't know for me. And, and it's like the same people who love him sit here and say like Pierre Engvall is like just a useless hockey player and like sucks and stuff. Like, it's oh, I said this earlier, like Pierre Engvall, like he won't put like, he won't light up the score sheet or anything, but like, he's very useful in a lot of aspects. Yeah. Yeah. He's a really good PKer. He mm-hmm. has like, he has, and you can see like the legitimate, like, like talent kind of there, right? Like that yeah. the legitimate skill, you know, like he can He's not a skate player. really well, move the puck up the ice. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he's solid. Yeah. Like he's, he's a good player. And like, he definitely brings a lot more than what Curtis Gabriel, Curtis Gabriel is literally just a pair of fists. Yeah. Literally. Oh, oh but what do you mean? He scored a goal in the, I saw the goal. It, it was, it, it was an empty net. Yeah. I could, I could, if I was on the ice in that situation, I would have scored that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like he literally looks like a beer leaguer. And then, and Mm -hmm. once again, not about him personally, you know, like he does. And then, like, also the fact that, like, that goal, like you said, like he literally looked like, like a goal scored in 1987. Like, you know, a goalie 10, 20 feet out of his net, you know, just no shot, you know, no shot of saving that. Mm hmm. Like yeah, there's just absolutely no no like upside to him, and like mm-hmm. especially when you look at like what the Leafs areas like of struggles were like last year, which was like they couldn't find goal scoring up and down the lineup. They they needed like more like offensive talent like in like the bottom two lines and stuff in order to like like keep up with their depth. It's, there's something that's very noticeable in the playoffs, by the way. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, like exactly. and like the fact that like. And like like that being one of the issues, and then at the same time being like, oh, Curtis Gabriel's gonna make this team. Like, no, that's just so counterintuitive. That makes absolutely no sense at all. Yeah, like I'd be pissed if he makes it on the if he makes the team over like Nikita Gusev or Josh. That would be my joker moment. Like that. Yeah, me too. I like, would I'd turn be, into the Joker. Uh yeah, no, I'd be so mad. And then like and like, yeah, we were just talking about how we're like, yeah, you know, Nikita Gusev can't really seem to find in the NHL. I would rather him in the lineup over mm-hmm. Curtis Gabriel a hundred times out of a hundred. Like, and guess what? Oh, the Leafs don't have that sandpaper. We have Wayne Simmons, who's actually can be a use much more useful player than Curtis Gabriel. <laughs> like we saw like last year, like, especially like before his injury, like Wayne Simmons is actually playing very well. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention like they do have, you know, other guys who can muck like it up Nick a little. Ritchie. Yeah. Nick Ritchie. Uh, Kerfoot has that kind of edge to him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the guy who, like, you know, can forecheck. Bunting's supposed to be that kind of player. Jake Muzzin. Um, yeah, Jake Muzzin. Friggin', uh, what's his name? Uh, Engvall. We saw it in the playoffs. Like, he can be that kind of player. He can kind of fill that role, you know, like finish his checks and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, yeah. We like, don't need, you know, a goon out there. Yeah. Like, what is this? Like, like 1987? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, 
I don't know. It, it just seems so crazy to me that like, yeah, we're out here, you know, you, you have showcasing in front of you, you know, Josh Hosang and you're like, you know, Curtis Gabriel is the guy, you know, that I really think should make the team, you know, like blah, blah, blah. I saw someone say like, oh, he needs to be given a shot, you know, or no, no, sorry. No, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. No, wrong player. I, I so someone said that about Rick, uh, Rich Clune. <laughs> oh my God! And I was like, he's played over a hundred NHL games, man. He, I mean, mm-hmm. good for like he's real good character guy by all accounts, but no, mm-hmm. <laughs> like no thanks. Like, oh man, like, we're good. I don't know. Like if 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 they make the team on opening day, and I see him making the team, like making the opening day line, like Curtis Gabriel making the opening game lineup mm-hmm. over like Josh Hosang or like Pierre Engvall or even like Wayne Simmons. Yeah. I'm going to go and I'm, I'll, I'll start a riot in front of Scotiabank arena. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too, man. It's, I don't know. I like, I don't get it. I, I mean, I get the excitement of, you know, you know, we can hit and stuff, but it's like, well, man, you know, yeah. Punches go burr. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. It's 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 like shit. Like Austin Matthews is starting to hit more. You know, like we have those players. Like we can, we got guys who can finish checks. Like we don't need. The reason why we lost to Montreal in the first round of the playoffs had nothing to do with the lack of sandpaper. Yeah. Or Montreal just having their way with us. Like yeah, exactly. And like physically, like no, that is not why. That's the furthest reason as to why we lost. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like. It just doesn't make like it's just so dumb like i don't mm-hmm. know i hate it so much like and people are just acting like oh yeah you know that's that's what we need it's what the leafs are missing and it's like no no it's not at all mm-hmm. i don't know like yeah um one thing i noticed mm-hmm. um kind of unsurprisingly but i'll get if you have any thoughts on it um did not really tinker much with the defense. I mean, there's no more Bogo this year. He went he went back to Tampa Bay. Yeah. Um, that's the only change on the blue line, no? Um, yeah, for the most part. Like it seems like I, I mean, like they did bring in no guys more like Martin that. Marinchin. Let's go. Yeah. I, I mean, they did bring in some guys like um like it was depth, like all depth, really. But like, you know, uh, Alex Biega, Carl Dahlstrom, Brennan Manel. Mm-hmm. But like, it really looks like Timothy Lilligren, you know, should be in the mix there. Mm-hmm. Um, he was playing with Muzzin last night, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they looked good from what mm-hmm. I saw. Like he seemed yeah. to be really good, like moving the puck really well. Um, so then if that's the, what they're going for between like... I think Lilligren and Muzzin is what they they like to have as their second pairing. Where does Justin Hall go? Is he is he on a third pairing with uh, Sandine, with Sandine running the power play? Because I don't think you break up Riley and Brody. Yeah, I don't know to be honest. I, I genuinely, I guess it's kind of the issue. Like like to 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 a degree, we kind of had this last year um, with some of our lines, but like it really feels like there's like. Like a lot of times when I'm trying to put together the lineup, I'm like, I have no idea, you know, what to do. And, and, and it's like Justin Hall, like, yeah, I don't know where you'd put him, you know, if you're going to put Timothy Lilligren on the second pair there. I don't think you put Sandine and Lilligren together in the NHL just yet. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be a big fan of that. And, and then at that point, it's like, what, you're just going to, you pay Travis Dermott $1.5 million to sit on the yeah, bench. See, I like, forgot about Travis Dermott too. Yeah. And Dermott's another like good player who can like put throw in there too. Yeah, I know. I know. That's why it's like, to me, it almost feels like what? So, you know, is Sandine going to go, you know, like, is he's just going to be the seventh guy or go down to the AHL? Is Lilligren kind of going to be blocked? I don't think, I don't think Lilligren or Sandine will benefit from being a seventh guy at all. No, I think think so either. I think if they're not going to be in the lineup every day, you send them to the A until you need them just so they can like keep their legs fresh and keep on playing. Yeah, I, but I mean, that's the thing, right? With someone like Timothy Lilligren, it's like, I feel like he's ready. Like, like I feel yeah. like he's done everything. He played a he few games last year. And like, I thought he looked pretty good. Yeah. He played a few games last year. He played a few games the year before. And like, he looked fine. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, like, he had the odd gaff here and there, but it's like, yeah, that's that's something that, you know, shoving him down to the AHL isn't going to help. Like, no, like that's going to happen with any young defenseman. Like mm-hmm. it happened with Kale McCart. It happened <laughs> like, yeah. like, like Jamie Drysdale, like all the literally every single good defensive prospect that happens to be on the avalanche. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Like it's, I don't know. It's so crazy to me. Like, like even Rasmus Sandin, it's happened to, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, like for me, I, I just, I feel like there has to be something. You yeah. Know? Like I feel like there has to be something like a move of some kind. I don't know what, like, I think if they're going to trade somebody, I don't know. I, <laughs> based on like, in like hockey terms, it makes the most sense to trade Hall before you trade Dermot. But mm-hmm. you know how, how, um, how Dubas is with his guys. Like, <laughs> like that's one of his see. guys. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I do kind of wonder, you know, if, if, cause we, cause we're going to do a show right a week from today. Yeah. Like I, I do kind of wonder where we're going to be at, at that point. Right. Like, like, cause we'll probably have what three or four, I think. Uh, I know that they play games, a couple preseason games. Yeah. They play one against Ottawa. And yeah. And they play another one. Is it against Montreal again? It might be. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. so. I'm not too, too sure. I haven't seen, I, I didn't pull up their schedule before. Yeah. Um, Anyways, uh, before we sign off here, um, we're like what about a week, week and a half away from from uh, the All or Nothing documentary. Mm-hmm. When's it come out? October first. Yeah, October first. Oh, shit. It, do you know if it's gonna be dropping everything like all at once? It's about five I have episodes. No idea, of that, isn't it? It'll drop on time for our next episode, so we can talk about each episode as it goes on. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess, yeah, that's true, right? It, it comes mm-hmm. out, what, Saturday or Friday? Um, I can't remember if it's the first or the second, but either way. Oh, uh, yeah, Friday. Okay, yeah, it comes out on Friday. So, yeah, anyways, um, what are you looking forward to in that? I'm getting really mixed opinions from oh, people Lord. as to, like, whether they want to watch it or not. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely watching it, mm-hmm. 100%. I... I, I'm actually kind of I I don't know if like excited for it is the best way to say it, but like I'm I'm kind of interested I'm intrigued. to see. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'd say intrigued, like just to see sort of the behind the scenes of what happened because it did feel like you know there was a lot of really good decisions made, you know, from the draft and stuff of that, which is one thing that I'm really excited for um, to to see if they have the uh, the 2020 draft in there because Dubis that seemed to be like a lot of people agreed that that was like Dubis's like crowning moment basically like just an mm-hmm. amazing draft so I do kind of hope for some of that stuff um and then outside of that like I kind of do want to see you know the inner locker room stuff because there was that stuff that uh that came out about William Nylander's agent wanting things stripped from it so I do kind of wonder about some of the dynamics just to kind of see how that, actually Oh, really? No. Oh, Elliot Freeman reported that uh, Lewis Groves, uh, I guess, like fought with Amazon to get stuff taken out of the documentary that would make Nylander look bad. Did, did it get taken out? I think so. I, I think that's what kind of the latest reporting was. I know that William Nylander said that he's not fully vaxxed. He has first one, but apparently it's some health issues, but he's like, says he's going to get the second one. Yeah. 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 I heard there was like an allergy or something. Is that what it was? Yeah. I read some, that's, some sort of allergy. If that's what it was. And that's like understandable. Mm-hmm. And he says he plans on getting the second one too. So it's not like he's like completely avoiding it. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely doesn't seem like some sort of anti-vax thing. Like it's not, you know, like a Bodie wild. <laughs> oh my God. What the hell would you do that with Lou Lamorello as your GM? Yeah. Oh man. People ripped on Kadri so much for some, for not for like way less than that. Like Kadri's liked a comment, you know, yeah. from Joffrey Lupul. And like, people were like, why would you do that with a Lou Lamorello as your GM? It's like, man, this guy straight up just like spewed out anti-vax BS. <laughs> <laughs> Um, who was it? I think it was Rachel Dior uh, Dory on the yeah. um, on the. I don't know if you listened to the latest uh, staffing graphs, but no. she was like, she knows from for a fact that, like through sources, that uh, Lou Amarello is very much aware of that comment. <laughs> oh, of uh, Bodie Wild? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's so awesome! I actually, I would love to be like. <laughs> I don't know. This would be like to hear kind of what the, I know we'll never hear what was said or anything, but I'd love to like, just sort of, I guess, kind of piece together what, what Lou's going to do. Oh, well, he's already a 
fringe NHLer. I think that's being generous mm-hmm. to call him a fringe NHLer. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he's definitely not making the team. <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah, no mm-hmm. way. I, I mean, I, I mean, we never heard what was up exactly with uh, Josh Hosang, but it's like you know he didn't make the team. It's like there's no way Lou's you know gonna allow some. He just showed up late or something. Guy. Yeah, yeah, he showed up late or whatever, and. I don't know. Yeah, there's no way he's going to like let Bodie mm-hmm. Wild on the team versus, you know, but, you know, throw Josh Hosang to the Wolves like that. But, like, you mm-hmm. know, keep Bodie Wild. So, yeah. He's definitely going to throw him down mm-hmm. to the HL. Anyways, for the all or nothing, what I'm curious for is I don't want to see a documentary that's all like sunshine and rainbows because the Leafs mm-hmm. had such a great regular season and you're looking back on the great regular season and just the last episode is, oh shit, they choked it in the playoffs again. Yeah, so, so depressing. <laughs> like I, I want them to acknowledge from the start that they choked the season and I want to see what happened in that year. Like what happened that season. To yeah. like like cause what went on if that makes sense like i don't want to just see them like oh look how good they are and then they tanked like mm-hmm. like i wanted to like like i want to see like what angle that they do it like with editing and like afterwards and all that and like i want to see if yeah. like in the last episode how they like the team reacted to like what happened kind of thing and like what steps yeah. they're taking to make sure that like this is the last time that that's going to happen yeah, do you think, do you think they'll show like some of the uh, some of the um, the off season stuff from like this year? And maybe in the last episode. Yeah, like because like, I'm not too too sure. Like like I've never I didn't watch any of the other ones, so I don't know. Like, have you did you see any remember. of the other ones they did? I don't remember. I watched some of the Tottenham one, mm. but I don't remember. Yeah, well, I, I feel like they are kind of going to go around that route because. Uh, like that one teaser that they made with Will Arnett where he's like, oh, and then we lost again. It's like, yeah. I feel like that, that kind of sounded the way he was talking about it. It almost sounded like that was like kind of going to be like the intro. So I feel like they're almost going to be like, you know, like it's going to be kind of one of those. Kind of like, work backwards from there. Yeah, yeah. Kind of type thing, kind of like one of those like record, you know, like the record scratch. And it's like, you're probably wondering how I ended up here type thing. Yeah, except go, I hope it's not that cheesy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think it'll be that cheesy, but kind of <laughs> that sort of. Mm-hmm. I guess vibe where it's like, Oh, and then we lost again. And so it's like, let's show you how we got here. But like Mm -hmm. have very, like, I don't know. I think it'd be really interesting if like they leave little nuggets along the way of like, you know, Oh, you're kind of starting to see the cracks in the armor, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'd want to see too. I don't want to be all sunshine and rainbows anyways. um, Yeah. So I think we've reached the end of this episode. Um, it was nice to be back for season two of this podcast. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Joey Kanji 98. You can find Gordon on Twitter, Twitter at ride the pine 89. Follow us on Instagram at new era Leafs and on Twitter as well. And we are expanding. I don't know if you've, if you saw that, but yeah, yeah, there's, uh, what the Islanders, new era Islanders, new era hurricanes and, I think Anaheim. Yeah, and New Era Ducks. So, yeah, let's uh, help out our friends at all those and give them a shout on social media as well. And any closing thoughts, Gordon? Uh, No, I'm just kind of excited to be back. Yeah, as am I. And, yeah, we will see you next week, hopefully, with a possible trade maybe there's something interesting to talk about in the first episodes of all or nothing i don't know we'll find out uh see you next week